Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 9 of Tech Plus Plus. I'm your co-host, Ali, here with Aaron. Hey, what's up, everybody? And our new editor, Craig. Hopefully yep. you all will get better quality audio and edits from now on, thanks to Craig. Yeah, or else he's fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Today, um, we'd like to discuss autonomous or self-driving vehicles, um, and then we'll switch gears. Get it? Switch. Switch gears. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, to digital traveling. Um, but first, um, let's get let's get some news going on. Yeah, Aaron, do you want to start with what's been going on the past couple weeks since our last episode? Well, yeah, some of the biggest news uh, potentially in history. Joe Biden is our the the new president of the United States. 46th. Yep. Crazy, crazy election. But uh, the American people have spoken. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I was like also looking at uh, President Trump's on Twitter. Uh, very interesting that um, it's been very, Twitter has been very quick to um, find sources to tag um, Trump's tweets as like false claims or um there was one that was like really funny to me it was the when trump said that he won the election and then the tag at the bottom said as of right now the election has not been called by anyone yeah. <laughs> i was like that's kind of funny <laughs> make for perfect memes uh yeah just back to back everything he says twitter is like um this tweet is wrong <laughs> it's kind of funny um but what else is going on uh yeah so i think uh touching on what we talked about what was that like episode uh, i forgot when we talked about the antitrust hearing but um the u.s justice department has now sued google with their accusation of um google having an illegal monopoly mm-hmm. over i believe it's the advertising market yeah i think yeah it's 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 been crazy um i think recently if i'm not wrong um, there was another hearing, but this time with the head of or the CEO of Twitter as well. It's kind of interesting just to see like this whole like technology clashing. I was talking about actually a lot of people like politics and technology. I think it's such an important thing. Um, I don't understand why we don't have like a secretary of technology. I've heard actually there is blah, 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 some some technology guy. But from what I remember, it was like two years ago or three years ago because of the hacking and stuff like that from Russia, um, yeah. they appointed someone as like an acting like secretary of technology or I don't know whatever name they called it. And it was like someone like Mitch McConnell or something like that, like an 80 year old, bro. Like, are you serious? Like, out of touch. Yeah. yeah. Like someone, someone young needs to be um, in there. Someone who studied computer science, someone who knows what's going on. Um, well, we that, but also like the whole thing with social media and how um, impactful even like false propaganda type stuff can be on something like Facebook. I think it takes more than a computer scientist to f- sort that out. And yeah, psychologists and, and uh, it, I don't know. Like for example, I was actually watching a couple weeks ago, days or weeks ago. I don't know when there was the time where um, AOC. Um, was talking to or questioning um, CEO of Facebook, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, about like, hey, like, do you guys take down false claims? Because what if I pay you and like want to talk crap about some other politician? Would you guys take it down? And he kept like twisting and turning around it, you know, like 
why can't you just say yes you know um and yeah. i think even though aoc was being very professional about it i personally think if so, there was somebody talking to mark zuckerberg with technicality like why don't you guys develop the software that's able to find false claims or why don't you guys have specified like like some sort of agents or bots even to go through these and make sure that none of these are fake you know um yeah. would have been a lot better question it is it's just like such a hard thing to do i couldn't imagine trying to write uh software for that and i mean i speaking from their perspective could you imagine being able to to write something that automatically takes us out i mean youtube's been trying to do stuff similar to that for years and years and years you know what i mean it's like when they came up with the company they never thought that they would have to do anything right. close to what they're doing now right but at the same time like bringing up facebook is like the fact that i feel like with youtube they're not getting paid to advertise like false claims you know and i feel like even if they do there's some sort of checks and balances to make sure that the advertisement is not a false claim versus facebook is literally getting paid and then you can write whatever you want there's no checks you know what i'm trying to say yeah. um so there. There, there's a lot more barriers to go through with youtube than there is with facebook like i can pay a certain amount of money to um especially like with the facebook and instagram algorithm you can actually target a certain group of people you know what i mean um and for example AOC was talking about, hey, can I pay to target literally um, suburban black people to do to tell them like, oh, the date of um, election has moved, you know, due to coronavirus, for example, you know, and and they they'll let it because they, there's no checks and balances like the YouTube one, you know. So I see what you're saying. So it, it's it's a, it's very interesting, but at the same time, like I said very appreciative of aoc like questioning those kind of stuff but at the same time i think um she obviously wouldn't understand the technicalities the hardships you know how easy is it to do that how hard is it to do that how hard is it to develop such software so if we had like some actual good secretary of like technology in, in state you know we could we get be better able. answers yeah so yeah or at least put a lot more thought towards it mm -hmm. yeah let's see what you're saying well it's gonna be interesting to see how i mean this is lawsuits can take years and years and years so yeah um I, I do have one more thing to bring up in uh other news this isn't really technology news it's more related to the podcast but uh ali and i have been talking we're thinking about um after releasing an episode in december taking the rest of december and january off uh it seems fitting you know we've learned a lot and we kind of want to take some time Along with, you know, the holidays, spending time with family, but uh, take some time with what we've learned and uh, kind of apply it better the craft, you know what I mean? Hopefully we'll come back. Um, I think we talked about, like Aaron said, sometime in January, mid-end January, maybe beginning of February around. Uh, we'll definitely keep you guys updated through our social media, but when we do come back, it will be season two of Tech Plus Plus, and we'll come back hopefully with better um, content. Um, we got a lot of good like we heard a lot of good things about having alejandra last episode and we would like to keep doing that we actually have a lot a lot and lots and lots of ideas about um, bringing people from different industries to talk to and interview and i think next season would be perfect for that yeah but definitely let us know on our social media dm us yeah 
anything you looking forward to hearing about something you want to learn about because we want to learn about stuff too yeah all right let's let's get into episode nine shall we okay so so autonomous um or self-driving cars let me bring up this all right so i will be putting in the description a link to um brookings.edu it's like a blog about the state of self-driving car laws across the u.s and it it kind of just got my attention because it's it's kind of weary i've always thought about this that's like how can we trust autonomous vehicles right one of the most known obvious autonomous vehicles that's been in everyone's eyes is tesla right their new technology just it's just it was the, the crazy part is that it was just the software they already had the sensors on the cars and stuff like that. And then apparently overnight, there was a software update on the car. And it was like, there we go. Now you have self-driving car, but you need some sort of co-pilot, right? It's not fully autonomous um, as of yet, at least. By co-pilot, you just mean somebody in the driver's seat of the car. Yeah, right? exactly. So so just in case something goes south, you can put your foot on the brake or, you know, swerve a little bit. Um, someone, someone who's kind of watching it drive by itself if that makes sense or it um, should be yeah yeah so fully autonomous means um i don't know if you guys uh heard last episode i highly recommend it full autonomous was, would be more of the industrial vehicles that alejandro was talking about last episode where you just let it do its thing right and then it, it sees for example an obstacle and there's a infield engineer that goes and fixes it and moves on right there's no no one actually inside of the vehicle that's called a full autonomous. But there's just a lot of issues with this moving to a full autonomous um, like future, I want to say, is the laws, right? I actually wanted to bring this up to you, Aaron, just see your thought about this. Who do you think is responsible if it comes to deaths? Quick background of that. Like some people are like, oh, like we don't have such things. So like it's never happened so we we don't know blah 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 so in the article from like i said brookings they talked about two cases that happened um they didn't i didn't actually see the year um but anyways so at one point in time an an uber vehicle um with a safety driver struck and killed a pedestrian in tempe arizona and then uber quickly suspended all testing of its autonomous fleet while like they were investigating the causes of the crash so they just basically put it under the rug you know uber is still a thing like uber nothing happened to that yeah exactly (laughs) and then in another case um the driver um of a tesla in an autonomous mode died when the vehicle crashed into a highway median in mountain view california and again um tesla kind of used that as a data point they just tried to look into it to see like what's happening and they actually like at least at least uber kind of shut down like you know they're autonomous for now but tesla not only they put it under the rug it's still a you can as a tesla user you can still put it in an um, autonomous mode you know what i mean um oh, yeah so so back to my question who would be responsible for these deaths or damages right would it be the company the developer or the co-pilot right and this in this case of like semi um autonomous like we said there's some sort of driver in there right but they don't have full control right um yeah i mean this is is just such a a rough question you know 
I mean, you would think that the safety drivers and the co-pilots understand um, that they have a responsibility as well in these situations. But uh, but when a when a company tells you like like sells it to you, right? Like someone like Tesla's like, oh, we have this technology that you don't need to even drive, you know? So yeah. so I guess in in some point you could be right, right? Like the the co-pilot should take some responsibility. They should. They should be still watching the road. They shouldn't be like sitting in the back seat or the passenger seat. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They should still they should still focus. Should be taking a nap. Yeah. Right, but is there some sort of training of when is the car not doing what it's supposed to? Because these cars are um, slowing slowing down and speeding up by themselves. They they see cars around them using the sensors and the cameras, but there is no like training. At least not that I know of. There's no no one like telling someone with like um, Tesla, hey, here's an alert saying the car doesn't know what's going on or what's in front of it. Take over, you know. Yeah. Um, so so if we go to the next level of like uh, who who to blame, I guess would it be the developers? Because you can't really say it's the developers' fault. Because um, critical errors and bugs occur all the time within software, right? Yeah, there's um, no way to stop that. Like Aaron, you're you're like a like a you do this right. You do like all this testing to make sure like a code is qualified to go into yeah. production. And I'm sure like um, you've been working over like a year, I think. And I'm sure even though like you test those codes, you've always found bugs. You know, the code cannot be perfect. It's just the rule of law, you know? It, it's funny. It just, it seems to always be, like, that part that you didn't get to. It always has the bug. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's it bugs Bugs are inevitable, right? Um, so, like I said earlier, autonomous vehicles are just software, right? It's not, like, a hardware to be, like, oh, I mean, I guess you can say it's a, a little bit of hardware, but it's mostly the software, right? You can't just say oh, like, this piece of device broke, and that's why it got into the crash. So when it comes to software development of it, like I said, there's always bugs. And even when it's ready for production, um, there's always room for improvement. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Then how I think can it... we trust... Go ahead. Well, I, you know, the... How do you... I don't know how to say this. How do you um, continually ensure the product is going to be doing the right thing without testing it? Exactly. I think stuff like this, it, even if you do it with, you know, the training dummies and all the, you know, like mm -hmm. you see those videos of crash tests for cars, like you can do all that too, but there still needs to be a time of something out in the field for you to catch what's going on. That's why you see people do trials of stuff. Yeah, but I think I think that goes back to the question of like when can we be sure that the software is ready? Um or in another words, how can we trust autonomous cars? You know? Um at what point can we say, Oh, we've done enough testing, it's perfect. It can never be perfect, you know? Well, I think the only point real point when you get to that is if no humans are driving at all anymore. And that way the autonomous but, vehicles like they're only dealing with themselves 
if that makes but sense. no, th- but that still causes the issue with what happened with the Uber, right? They struck and killed a pedestrian. It wasn't nothing to do with the car or people inside of it. A pedestrian was moving and the car just ran them over. It's just the the external causes are even as damaging as the internal causes, right? Well, if you really want to get into the deep, like thick of it, I feel like. At some point, if you wanted to integrate something like this into your society, you would build your society around that as well. Exactly. So that goes that goes to the laws, right? The laws of, um, like, for example, Department of uh, Motor Vehicles kind of having extra laws for autonomous vehicles, you know? The only laws that have passed so far, which have been in 11 states, is fully... Um, truck platooning i think it's called um i am gonna actually link something to that as well um which is a that one is by mit um so truck platooning is basically these huge trucks that are autonomous um i don't know if you've seen like for example tesla and there's like some other companies who've been developing these fully autonomous trucks right because they're usually on the freeway you know and um they can kind of be a little bit more fully autonomous and these trucks what they do is they send like six seven of these trucks together and that's why it's called platooning they kind of follow one another with some sort of degree of measurement to the front the lead car or the lead truck if that makes sense yeah so the lead truck kind of like goes and the rest of the trucks follow wherever that one goes you know so Mm -hmm. that would save lots and lots of money for the people who use those trucks because they don't have they don't need to do drivers anymore they don't need drivers anymore and also it, it saves on gas um yeah because you usually these are mostly electronic um, electric cars or trucks um which is kind of interesting i i am gonna put that also at the bottom um so you guys can read it my last question for this segment um i know we haven't really come to a conclusion i think and I would love people to hit us up and talk to me. What do you? Who do you? Who? Who would you guys blame, um, in case of an incident with an autonomous car? But my last question for this segment is, um, what happens to the data collected by the obscene amount of sensors on these vehicles? Have you thought about that? Like, because, um, for example, if you think of Tesla, they have like these 360 cameras, right? And they have, um data to tell them exactly what road have this car taken um where is this car going what is the direction or whatever whatever there's millions and millions of like fucking data points right that's Um, why uh that's why data science has become such a big field these days and why data scientists are um really sought after is because there's so much data in the world right now you have to make sense of it yeah exactly it's just, um, like I said, obscene, literally the word obscene amount of data points. Um, and we don't, we don't know who really does it. Again, this, this goes back to the Brookings.edu blog. Um, and they, they kind of have talked about maybe it should be the owner of the vehicle who owns this data. But as an owner, if you're not a computer scientist, what are you going to do with that data? Um, would it be the company since they were created? They created this and they want to like maybe perfect their um vehicles using this data right for example like i said um tesla didn't shut down after someone uh, died Uh, right by hitting the highway median now they collected all the data of exactly what happened what was before that was happening 
like what was the speed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at that exact moment, right, to figure out where the bug was. Again, at cost of a life, right? Um, so, so yeah, I, I would really want to, um, well, obviously hear from you, Aaron, but also um, our listeners, do, do hit me up. I would really like to listen to you guys telling me um, who do you guys think is to blame when it comes to such dilemma? You, you know, another thing I thought about while you were on this is like, say, um, there's a situation from The Good Place. It's a, a show on Netflix. Um, and then the, there's this guy who can make any situation in this world or in his world um, happen. And what he did is he put this philosopher character. He, like, teaches philosophy for some college or whatever, but his characteristic is that he can't make a decision, and he can't, like, tell what's right or wrong. He only knows what other all the philosophers said about it, whatever it is. Anyways, this guy creates a situation for the philosopher where you, you're on a train, and you can turn the train, and you only have two, like, ways you can go. On one track, there's, like, a woman or whatever, and then on the other track, there's, like, three different people. And he's basically making the philosopher choose wh- who he wants to kill. Do you, would you rather kill one person or, you know, three different people? You know, I, in either case, one person, at least one person is dying, right? And he just makes the guy go through this over and over and over again until he actually chooses. Yeah, I'm actually, um, let me see. I, where did you see, where did you say you saw that? It's called the uh, the good place. I think it it was such a, a you get that visualization like exactly right there. Yeah, there is the there is a yeah there is um what is it called? I actually seen it. I can't find it now. There's there's actually a psychology quiz that people take. Um, the Moral Machine. That's what it is by MIT. Um, let me see if I was asking. Well, I just to top it off. I just like. If an autonomous vehicle ever gets into that case where there are only, you know, you could choose between killing one person or killing multiple people. Oh, yeah, that's exactly like somebody has to code that. No, yeah, exactly. Like there's a more. Uh, so I'm, I, I would love to actually add this um, to the bottom of the description. I would love all of you guys, the listeners, to go ahead and take this test. It's called moralmachine.net. And you it actually is talking about self-driving cars. Um like who would who who should the self-driving car car kill you know and there's 13 or 14 questions and it's weary it's crazy um so i'm gonna take it after this call maybe (laughs) share my share mine (laughs) on social media of how i did but um please do take it if you if you're listening to this take it and let us know um how it turned out for you awesome um yeah that's a good one you want to switch gears to uh, uh switching gears uh third time saying the joke <laughs> nice <laughs> well if it's autonomous we don't have to switch the gears ah uh, it just happens <laughs> it's just autonomous. Nice. <laughs> okay go ahead digital traveling all right uh so yeah i wanted to talk about digitally digital traveling today guys um in times of covid you know virtual class work for work from home stuff like that uh, how do you actually travel without traveling? You need, you know, all of us are cooped up. There's so much fatigue from these, you know, lockdowns, stuff like that. How do you um, 
get a new environment? How do you actually, you know, get that, you know, the benefits from traveling without actually doing it? And digital traveling might be the answer. I mean, imagine if you could, you know, summit Mount Everest, you know, feel what it's like to get that last, you know, 100 meters or whatever it is. Uh, what about like skydiving in Hawaii? That would be awesome. Scuba diving, uh, the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Uh, what about lunch at the Eiffel Tower? Northern Lights in Norway and Sweden, you know. Uh, or take a tour of the Inca ruins of Machu Picchu in Peru. I mean, that would be super, super cool. And uh, there's a possibility for you to be able to do it. You could potentially go anywhere in the world. Um, and the, by digital traveling and stuff like that, I'm saying you can use augmented reality and virtual reality to achieve this. And so uh, the reason this is cool and the reason why this could be the uh, the future of traveling, if you want to call it that, is exactly what I said. You could potentially go anywhere in the world. Like, if you have the ability to see where you want to go, you'd go check it out first, and then you could end up going to that place if it's really worth it. So this opens up a lot of options for you to, like, hey, I've always wanted to see this. Will you go see it through, like, virtual reality or augmented reality? And then you can determine if you want to see it in real life. You know, you know this actually, like, I was thinking about it when you said you're going to talk about this. Not even just traveling. Um, few few years ago, um, my uncle was one of those guys that says like I have an app idea, <laughs> <laughs> which I wish I listened to at the time. But again, I didn't have enough knowledge of like how to code stuff, especially with augmented and virtual reality. But mm-hmm. his idea was, what if like um, we use these like augmented reality or actually virtual reality glasses or goggles to be in a stadium for sports you know i was gonna i was gonna touch on that a little later but yeah that sounds awesome right and then like especially with covid like you brought up covid um everyone would be able to enjoy the stadiums like you it would basically be the same thing maybe a bit cheaper but you would basically pay for a seat right and at that seat there's this camera like a 360 camera that you would be able to basically sitting there yeah i was gonna say something like that in a bit like imagine having courtside seats exactly so so basically like my my uncle brought this idea up and then now during covid i'm like holy shit that would have been a like a million dollar idea right there right it'd be like uh i don't know if you're watching the nba finals at all while they were in the bubble but all those people who were like watching from home you know and they had their faces up and stuff that no yeah they had they had that for soccer too. I was watching a couple of soccer matches that happened, and yeah, everyone is just on a big ass TV basically, and it's kind of weird, you know. Everyone's just like watching from the TV, and they had their faces. It would have been crazy if they just like, or or for example, like something uh, like and you said NBA Finals, right? Let's. Uh, I don't really know how much the prices are. Let's say the price is like two hundred dollars for a ticket, like a good ticket, like closer to the stadium. Would that two hundred dollar Dave and send you? the vr goggles you know uh-huh. um and that's part of your ticket like that's instead your ticket to get that vr goggles to be able to be seated there and i think that's such a cool idea um but yeah i think virtual yeah, we'll reality it. and augmented reality is definitely a f- untold future yeah well that, definitely that's what i wanted to focus more on in this segment um is augmented reality virtual reality and those technologies 
another thing. Uh, did you know there's also gaming tourism? Gaming like, tourism. it's a thing right now. Like, imagine you were able to visit the, like, world of your favorite video game. I see. Like, cool. there's a. they actually have, like, tours. Like, if you were going to go on a tour somewhere, they have tours mm-hmm. for certain video games, I think. Um, and this it called out, like, uh, Sea of Thieves. That's cool. Uh, Anthem, like, stuff like that. But imagine, like, your favorite video game world. I know GTA is based in, like, a real-world place, but, like, imagine being in a GTA world or something like that, being able to tour that. I don't know. Or, like, uh, like jump scare in the um, Slenderman video game. Oh, jeez. That'd be insane in augmented reality. Yeah. Um. Anyways, these these technologies, augmented reality and virtual reality, they're they're used today, um, for a bunch of different things. I mean, mainly video games, right? Like Pokemon Go and like that lightsaber game that looks super cool, but I've never played it. Dude, yeah, I've, I actually, <laughs> you know, you know the new one coming out by Facebook. Um, I think it's called Quest Pro. Um, there's a new, there's like their second Quest Pro Two, I think it's called, and it's like it's really cool. It's the um. It's fully, what do you call it? Like, it, it doesn't need PC or anything. Um, oh, really? You just yeah, plug like, it into your TV? Not even TV, bro. You can, you can just literally... You, ju- you just yeah. use it. Yeah, <laughs> you just you just put the goggles on and you have the little things in your hand. Oh, that's and, cool. And there's no, no like, cables or anything. Um, they did say if you want to make it more powerful, you can connect it to a PC, right? Obviously, because of the quality and stuff. But you don't need to, which is really cool, right? You don't need cables or I've seen like some some ones that um, if you remember back in school, like when in college, um, we saw that guy with like cameras around the room, right? To yeah. get like the fully um, virtual reality going. But now you don't need any of that. Um, super, super powerful. And bringing this up because like I almost pre-ordered it. because <laughs> I was like, I really want to play that lightsaber game. But I don't think I want to pay like almost five hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars for a lightsaber game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, but man, it looks like Dance Dance Revolution and like Guitar Hero on crack. That's for sure. That's what it is, and it's, <laughs> it's cool that I think, if I'm not wrong, all the songs are basically free, like any song. And it's uh, funny okay. to see like what songs are on there. Like for example, the PewDiePie song is on there. Did the, kind of funny. When I saw the PewDiePie song on there, oh, that was so great. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, augmented reality. Well, those those games are virtual reality, but augmented reality, like you could look at stuff like Pokemon Go. Um, Snapchat and Instagram filters use augmented reality. I was so you know how I moved into a new apartment. Well, a lot of apartments are giving virtual tours now. That's how I looked and toured my apart my current apartments. Um, and then, like. Something that virtual reality is being used for today is like building visualization. Um, I had like an introductory type interview uh, with this one company, and they did augmented reality and virtual reality stuff. Like, um, the, they had this augmented reality thing where uh, there's this like motorcycle at a car show, and they built an app that. Uh, they set an iPad down on the table, but when you put the iPad over the table, like the camera over the table, you'd be able to see the motor, and you could like, you know, like drag it out or zoom it out, and like all the parts would like expand, and then you'd zoom in, you know, all the parts would come back in. I don't know, super cool there. But another thing that they did was um, 
they did virtual reality for buildings that people were making. So I was able to tour one of these. And I was in a hotel room, like, 40 stories up in Boston, like, lurking out over this river. It was kind of crazy. And, like, I was able to go around the, the hotel room. I was able to, like, interact with stuff like the TV remote. I don't know. It was pretty... It was pretty crazy seeing what they could do. But then again, like, think about all the other stuff that um, augmented reality and virtual reality can be used for. Like, interactive training sessions or, like, yeah, for teachers also, and stuff. Yeah, and also, like, again, plugging the Quest Pro 2. <laughs> um, what is it called? I, I saw a recent ad by them that they have, like, this virtual office um, where you can... Um, you know how you, now you can have like Teams chat or whatever on Facebook. Um, so you have this on, and they actually have like two cameras in the front, so you can actually see the world around you. So it's more of an augmented reality than virtual reality. Um, but you have like a full functioning keyboard in front of you. You can like click around on the website and like chat with people, see people, and stuff like that. And it's more of like a, like I said, augmented reality, and it's. Um, really cool it seems like it would be really useful for especially working from home you know um that would be cool if you could make my office like either have a million dollar view of some shit like i'm on the penthouse you know like looking out 100 stories up over the coast yeah um, or put put it on the beach or something like somewhere where i could get sunlight i think that's one thing that offices lack a lot is direct sunlight and Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how much it actually helps you yeah um the ad is kind of weird <laughs> it is by oculus and like um i think uh, oh it, it is by oculus it is yeah quest pro is um oculus yeah mm-hmm, that's cool um so um i can give you the link also so you can share it with under your segment um it's called yeah. infinite infinite office i'll give you the link um, <laughs> that's super funny <laughs> yeah interesting stuff just here take your virtual office you can rent it out we rent virtual offices out it, it looks cool <laughs> honestly not gonna lie it looks pretty cool the comment section on that video is hilarious Let me oh, let is you know. <laughs> all right might have to check it out just for that <laughs> she literally like does like two things and like her day is over and everyone's all like i want to get that job she literally moved from one screen to another screen and the day was over <laughs> yeah that was it god damn there's definitely like a rise in virtual reality right now so yeah and i mean you, there's so many more things that could be used for i mean like the proof of design and concepts and yeah. even like think about it the the way technology is increasing like you could might even be able to do like biology experiments yeah chemistry experiments in virtual like if you if you can recreate an environment we're going to be able to do virtual reality augmented reality things with it that's the thing though i'm sure i'm sure there are a lot of like um industries that use already like pretty powerful augmented and virtual reality it's not very known um i'm 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 down to maybe see if we can find someone in that industry and kind of interview them it would be very interesting to hear how they use it and how powerful it is um but yeah it'd be cool to see yeah i was saying like one of my um friends for example uh when we were talking yesterday she said that she works at like a biology lab and they're working on creating a 3d model of like whatever some sea creature honestly um not really into biology myself but 
uh, that that just kind of like waved my head that if you can create a 3D model, right, I'm sure you can get that in some sort of augmented or virtual reality and be able to like move it around, like you said, zoom in, zoom out, kind of be more focused or even take notes, you know, exactly like the nerve endings of the 3D model or whatever. Um, yeah, and think about it. In that world, you can fuck things up and it won't be... You exactly. Know. It's just a model. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Um, but some of the like big companies in augmented reality and virtual reality right now, um, there's Amazon Explore. Uh, Google has an Expeditions app. Microsoft was a, a company behind Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Snap, Snapchat and uh, Instagram filters. And then Samsung with Oculus Rift. But there's still like so much more. But I think Oculus is Facebook, no? I think Oculus is with Facebook. Uh, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. It is, yeah. It's called, um, yeah, I think it's Facebook. Was it? Were they not collabing? I don't know. Yeah, I think especially like the Quest 2 is heavily like shifted towards Facebook. There's the like the infinite office I was talking about, like they have it's used through Facebook Connect. Like that means um, okay. your whole team basically has to be on Facebook for it to like work. jeez. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I mean it's a it's an initiative, right? I'm sure in the future it could change to um, mm-hmm. a more granular version of it. Yeah, definitely. Um so with I mean, with this technology, why isn't it being so widely used for a bunch of different things? Well, there are a few reasons. Uh, as Ali was saying about the lightsaber game, these this headsets are big and expensive. Like like Ali was saying, you're not going to pay... Well, I can't really say that. Um, pay $500 for uh, an augmented reality game or virtual reality game. But they're just too big and expensive right now another thing is like if you're in virtual reality there's not much in the way of like mobility like if i wanted to play call of duty in virtual reality there's no way you know i'm running jumping and sliding across the map because i'm probably in a space where i don't have enough space to do it right and if there's a way for you to somehow go through like run the distance of a football field but still be contained if there's a way to simulate that mobility without having to actually need all of that ground for it that would be pretty crazy i think that would open up the way for like a lot of video game type stuff too yeah like for example from what i've seen i think that's what keeps me away right now from virtual reality is the the movement like when there's like a game or something the way you move is by like kind of pointing at it you know have, i don't know if you've seen it but like you point at it and like move there you know and you tr- teleport over there because <laughs> there's no like actual movement but there's obviously there's like some companies that are working on that i don't remember exactly the name of that company but they have like this um circular like device where you stand oh, in yeah. the middle i don't know if you've seen it yeah so you just wear like this belt and like this shoulder pads or whatever and then it's like a treadmill in exactly. any direction. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a 360 treadmill. So you're actually allowed to like run around, jump, like whatever, and it captures you. But again, it's like why why would I need that in my house? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Maybe that's what the new gaming room looks like. But I I don't want to I don't want to get VR. I don't I don't want to get that until there's a way for me to like 
play a game of Call of Duty and get like actually physically exhausted after a single match. <laughs> actually get shot and die after the match. <laughs> um, uh, another thing that's kind of a, a, a drawback of the technology right now is people need to like trust it right. a little bit more. Right. Um, like we said with the autonomous vehicles, you know, there's lack of trust. Um, same sort of thing for augmented and virtual reality, but to a lesser degree. Because, I mean, even augmented and virtual reality go into, like, the deep fake type stuff. I don't know. That's true. Pretty crazy. But if we were able to imagine um, AR and VR with better technology, I mean, we'd be able to create any environment, produce any interaction. You know, we'd be able to include artificial intelligence and machine learning, all of that. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to think about. It'll blow your mind. <laughs> Um, but that is it for me. Ollie, do you have anything else? Um, I do not. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you for listening to the episode 9 of Tech Plus Plus. Um, you can visit our website. We're still trying to uh, get new features and stuff rolling out there. It's a little bit harder these days. Um, but that work is still going on behind the scenes. So you can visit our website at www.techpluspluspodcast.com. Uh, we have social media. I'm trying to get back into Twitter. So the Twitter handle is tech plus plus underscore. That's tech plus plus underscore. We're on Instagram at tech plus plus podcast. Again, that's tech plus plus podcast. And email us if you have any questions, you know, um, segment ideas, anything you want to learn about. Or if you want to interact with us on some level there, please email us at tech plus plus podcast at gmail.com. But with that being said, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thanks, everyone.